Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey out there, rock and rollers. Welcome to the 155th episode of the Ugly American Werewolf in London Rock Podcast. Brought to you by me, your host, Mac B. the Wolf. And I will be joined, as always, by my partner in crime and co-host, Gary Action Jackson, from the East Coast of the United States of America. And we appreciate you guys tuning in. Last week's show was about Rebel Yell by Billy Idol as it was turning 40, something that was all over MTV in 1983 and 84 and kind of beyond really kind of helped cement Billy's status as a rock star in the U S of a, that's for sure. Didn't perform that well in the UK. And this week we have an artist that is somewhat similar in that they are from the UK, but their success was much greater in the U S and they had been in another band. And now they're a solo artist. And this week we're talking about Ozzy Osbourne's third album, bark at the moon which featured a young guitar slinger named Jake E. Lee, who had been in Rat, well, Mickey Rat, before they eventually evolved into Rat, who would, of course, have big MTV success of their own in the 80s. But this was an interesting time for Ozzy, in that it was after the death of Randy Rhodes, the young guitar maestro who Ozzy and Sharon had plucked out of obscurity and then put on the international stage who quickly rose to the status of guitar god thanks to his work on songs like Crazy Train and Mr. Crowley and a few others off his first two albums, Blizzard of Oz and Diary of a Madman. But because of his tragic passing in a plane, you got to call it a plane accident, it, it was something that didn't really need to happen. It's not like they were on a flight somewhere and they crashed. There was a plane sitting around. A guy who said he could fly, who wasn't great at it, said, oh, yeah, I can fly it. Randy goes up in it, crash, a total waste. But then you have to move on. Now, briefly, he moved on with Brad Gillis, who was most famous for his work in Night Ranger. He was on the live album, Speak of the Devil. But then Ozzy had to get a new young gunslinger to kind of help not only carry on Randy's mantle, but help him write some songs. And there is some controversy over who wrote the songs on Bark at the Moon. And we will get into all of that during the show. Don't you worry. But MTV was kind of anxiously awaiting this from Ozzy because Ozzy had not made any videos during the Randy era. I just don't think that they had the budget to do so. But because of his reputation as a crazy wild madman, they couldn't wait to see what he came up with with his first video. So we're going to talk about the videos for Bark at the Moon and for the second single, So Tired, 
which a lot of people may not be familiar with, didn't really chart much in the U.S., but it was a minor hit in the U.K., and he employed the help of Rick Baker, who's won, what, six or seven Academy Awards, and worked with Michael Jackson on his Thriller video the next year on the So Tired video. So we'll talk about that, and of course, the sonic qualities of the album, a little bit about Ozzy's career, and Jake, and Sharon, and the lot. First, we have a little bit of business to take care of. As usual, we love to mention that we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast Network, a network of about 100-plus shows, music-related. There really is something in there for everyone. I encourage you to go to PantheonPodcast.com or follow at Pantheon Pods. And it's the holiday season, guys. You need to do your holiday shopping. You need to find special gifts for those people in your life. But most importantly, you need to find some treasures for yourself. If you're like me, the only way you can ensure you get something you want for the holidays is to go out and get it yourself. Then you can hand it to your partner and say, here, dear, wrap this up. Say it's from you to me. Trust me, I'll appreciate it. If you're like me, then you have to go to Rare Vinyl where they have over a quarter million items in stock. And they've got all sorts of Black Sabbath stuff. They've got all sorts of Aussie stuff. They've got stuff from all over the world. Imports. They have a lot of stuff from Japan there. Lots of picture discs, lots of singles, tour programs. You name it, there is a lot of great stuff at rarevinyl.com. They go to great care to procure it and take care of it and then they ship all over the world so it doesn't matter if you're in mississippi or mozambique go to rarevinyl.com and use the code ugly it can save you 10 percent off your order so while you can find one great rare thing for yourself there hey you can only use the code once might as well go and do all of your holiday shopping for special and rare and collectible and pristine first edition items that they have at rarevinyl.com for your friends for your family but don't leave out yourself. Rarevinyl.com, use the code UGLY, save yourself 10%. Maybe you'll get all your shipping knocked off. Now back to Ozzy. This was almost another comeback album for Ozzy. It's like, could he do it without Randy Rhodes, who was not only the spectacular guitar player, but someone who really helped write all those songs on those albums? And then who would get credit for writing of all those songs? That's something we're going to dive into. So without further ado, let's jump in. We're talking about Ozzy Osbourne's Bark at the Moon, celebrating its 40th anniversary right here on The Wolf. Let's get it. I have a feeling we're going to have a lot to say about this record today. So More than I thought. Yeah, I, I think we better get into it here. As we always do, before we get to the record itself, we've got to talk about how we came to know Ozzy, the solo mm -hmm. artist, and the state of the band, where they were, where they had just come from, which is, of course, incredibly interesting, and what was going on prior to and into the production of Bark at the Moon, or the Moon, if you prefer, because <laughs> that's the way the Oz sings it. <laughs> So I, I got to tell you, I mean, eventually, you know, as all suburban kids whose parents are trying to keep them away from Satan and evil and everything else, 1983, I didn't have any idea who Ozzy was. I, I had not woken up to Blizzard of Oz yet. I had no idea who Randy Rhodes was. I'm watching MTV to see Men at Work and Duran Duran and Cyndi Lauper and stuff like that. I have no idea who Ozzy is. You? Well... I knew you were going to ask this question, so I was thinking back, and I remember I couldn't tell you that I knew any of Ozzy Osbourne's songs in 1983, mm -hmm. but I had a friend who had an older brother who loved heavy metal music, oh, and yeah. he had a copy of Speak of the Devil, and if you're not familiar with that cover, 
it's mm. horrendous looking <laughs> right. to a, like a, I mean, what was that? 82, 83. So like a 10 year old. Yeah. And I remember like, there was always kind of that under that undercurrent of, well, you know, he, he worships the devil and he is Satan incarnated. He is Ozzy Osbourne. Mm. And so I'm looking at this thinking, man, this is horrible, but this also looks pretty cool. Like if you're going <laughs> to, if you're going to make that many people upset you got to be doing something right. So it was kind of like yeah. that. I mean, yeah, I didn't know any of the songs, but I, I was aware of him as a person and as a presence. And yeah, like I knew if I brought that home, my parents would have just thrown me out of the house. Just get the hell out. Just of get here. out of here. And you're the oldest of five. So they gather all the kids in the room and say, see this littler kids. Your oldest brother is evil. And now <laughs> he's homeless. Let this be a warning to all of you. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's pretty much it. I, I don't feel like I even really knew who he was until maybe I was 13 or 14 or something mm-hmm. like that. Maybe ultimate sin was out or something like that. And he's getting more press. You know, maybe he was on entertainment tonight. You say, Oh, look at the evil that is Ozzy Osbourne or something like that. And then my mom's like, you don't listen to that. Do you? I'm like, Oh no, mommy. I would never, would, would never do that. Mommy. I am never. too pure and good to ever do anything like that. That's right. Uh, I did like the fact that, you know, when we look at these, we often look at their page on Wikipedia and anytime that there is ratings, either from a magazine or, uh, you know, just an online rating system or something like that, they will put those in here. I'm glad to see our friend of the show and fellow Pantheon podcaster, Martin Popoff, gave it a 10 out of 10. Okay. All music only gave it three out of five. But so we have to talk about Ozzy and everything that happened before this album. Okay. Where would you like to start? Okay. So he grew up in war-torn England. No, no. uh, (laughs) Obviously, he was the lead singer of Black Sabbath until 78 or so, maybe 79. Black Sabbath was managed by Don Arden, the notorious manager. They're kicking Ozzy out because he's a wasteoid. He can't do anything. He can't write. He can't sing. He can't perform. He's always drunk or stoned. And they kick him out. They kind of get Bill to do it, but they kick him out. Famously, they pick up Ronnie James Dio and make two killer albums in Heaven and Hell and Mob Rules. But then Ozzy's on his own. He's like living on the Sunset Strip. He's basically trying to drink and drug himself to death. The story goes that he, somebody gives him some money to hold, which just sounds like such a dumb idea. (laughs) Hey, you with no job, you drunken drug addict, would you just hold this money and not spend any of it until someone else comes to get it? Oh, sure, mate. No problem. And who goes to uh, to pick it up but Sharon Arden, Don's daughter. And she, you know, admonishes him for being a slob and for being an idiot and for spending all the money and all that kind of stuff. But she's kind of a chubby chick and he's kind of a rock star and she kind of falls for him. <laughs> Much to Don's dismay, it really pissed him off. He, I think, had a hit out on her at some point. You know, he sicked his dogs on her. Or though that might have been her mother who did that uh, when she was pregnant and she miscarried. It's like, wow, uh, that's where you come from. huh? Maybe that explains her behavior in later years. We could imagine you wanted to get away from the, all that. Yeah, I mean, in I, I, and redoing research for this, I find that her mom had had a car accident. And then after that, she was never the same. I don't know if she conked her head and it was just a little off after that. But, you know, never saw her mom after that. 
never really saw her dad until much later. You know, they said he's, she's never he's never seen his grandchildren and he never will. They did right before he died, I think, in the 2000s make up because I remember seeing him on the Osborne. And I just thought it was weird to see Ozzy next to Don Arden, who was, you know, who had been managing, which means he was stealing from him. Mm-hmm. And then his daughter took over his management. And then, you know, that broke up her family, basically, because she was managing him. And now he's just sitting on the couch next to him like, I know it's nothing for Ozzy. But for Don, it must have been like, how did I get here? <laughs> or or Harry is his really his real name's Harry Levy. But uh yeah, so but hey, they find Randy Rhodes, they make Blizzard of Oz, Tony Martell at CBS releases it, and it does fantastic, you know. And we've got this new guitar hero in Randy Rhodes. And I remember when I'd kind of discovered Ozzy in the late 80s, early 90s, I'm like, God, have you heard this Blizzard of Oz? This Randy Rhodes is unbelievable you know he's really got something there yeah of course we never saw any randy videos at the time his first videos they ever made was for this album eventually they did the tribute live album to randy Mm -hmm. in the mid 80s and they did a crazy train video and interspersed some pics of randy in there yeah that was like for a reissue or something that wasn't It was for the tribute. It was the Randy Rhodes live That's tribute. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they realized, hey, we never made any videos of Randy, and so video of Randy is a little bit rare. And it's like, oh yeah, he's amazing. So I had to go back and find those albums, and then I went got into the Jakey stuff. They did a 1995 reissue, and I went ahead and picked those up. It was like a three pack mm-hmm. that had this and Ultimate Sin and Diary of the Mad Men. Yeah, obviously. Once I heard Blizzard of Oz, I'm like, this is amazing. This is one of the best heavy metal rock records ever, man. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Ozzy was off. He was touring America. It was selling well, famously or infamously. One of the, you know, their bus driver. It's like, oh, yeah, I can fly this little plane. Let's just do that. Randy decides to go with him. Ozzy decides not to. Can't be woken up. Rudy Sarzo decides, nope, not doing it. And everyone in the plane dies. And that's the end of Randy Rhodes. So now we've got to do something to keep this going, right? Because, mm-hmm. yes, it's selling pretty well, his albums. They are selling pretty well, I guess. But it's not like they're made out of money. It's not like he's has any money left from Black Sabbath. He never got royalties for any of that stuff. So they have to put together a band. They go do a live album, Speak of the Devil, mm-hmm. with Brad Gillis, who's probably most famous for his time in Night Ranger heck of a guitar player so that was you know ozzy on vocals brad on guitar rudy still on the bass and tommy aldridge is on the drums so they continue on with brad they make that record i think to buy him some time so they can find a new guitar player see that's what i didn't that, that's the part of the story i'm a little fuzzy on did brad think that this was his gig or was the, he always just a filler until they found somebody else because he's yeah. not, like you said, he's a good guitar player, but he's not Randy Rhodes good. And so I don't know whether, then the Speak of the Devil came out before Dawn Patrol, which was the big Night Ranger record that I think it might have been their first one that put them on the course for rock radio fame. Yes, that's right. What I didn't know either was that apparently I always thought he and Ozzy and Randy were the bestest of friends ever. But apparently the Speak of the Devil record was a bit of a thorn in his side. Randy didn't really want to do it. A live record of old Black Sabbath stuff. Like, yeah, mm. no thanks. And Ozzy got pissed. And so they that was a big bone of contention. And this is, I think, when when Ozzy really started to 
booze it up pretty heavily. I think that losing Randy was pretty hard on him. I, mm-hmm. I think that they were pretty tight. And obviously he kind of showed him how to write songs and melodies, which I guess never really happened in Black Sabbath. They, you know, it's like Tony and Geezer would come up with the music and like, okay, sing to this. Yeah. Kind of thing. So and and Randy was by all accounts a very nice guy. Whereas you can tell Tony could be a dick. <laughs> he's just got that look in his face yeah and tony could could be like that right so i think he was uh he was really sad when he lost randy plus you know he's starting a family you know he's getting sharon pregnant all the time inside the cover here of bark at the moan there's a picture of ozzy in curlers with an iron with baby amy in his arms (laughs) which is so ozzy somehow it's just so ozzy I'm looking at the videos of Ozzy doesn't look good, man. He's he's pretty fat for an early 80s rock star. His face is a little full. His jowls are kind of I mean, he's not 70s Ozzy. He's he's looking a little worse for wear these days. Yes, he I, well, I think now he's got a little bit of money. He can afford things like food. And I believe that he kind of not only was addicted to alcohol, but also kind of the excesses of life. He was just kind of a mess, I think, at this point in time. And there yeah. there was some there was I was reading about that speak of the devil. And basically Sharon would tell the band, you're going to have to figure this out on your own because he's not coming to rehearsal. <laughs> right. Well, the, the other thing is, I think Sharon has always been a bit of a spender. And it's just a thing about English management and English bands. You always stay in top notch. You're like, you're not staying at the Holiday Inn, especially mm-hmm. if you're the manager. You know, you're staying in suites. You're staying in top notch places. And Sharon wasn't going to stay in shitty places. So, you know, they're they're spending it as quickly as they make it. And I think they're making it pretty well. The tours do well. The albums sell and all that. But I also think she's setting it on fire. Plus, She's having kids, right? She's continues to get pregnant throughout this time. I mean, it went, wait, 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 Amy, Jack, Kelly, boom, 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 in like four years or something like that. Mm. So they, they couldn't keep their hands off of each other. <laughs> they also couldn't keep their fists off of each other, apparently. Jeez. And, you know, despite all her toughness and smartness, she doesn't know uh, what birth control is probably. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> She's got to help him find this new band. So still have the old man. I call him the old man, the drummer, Tommy Aldridge. Tommy Aldridge, yeah. Because he looked old back in the early 80s. Then when he was like in White Snake in the late 80s, which is only four or five years later, he looks way older. Well, he's still with White Snake. He's still around. Mm. He's still kicking. And uh, yeah, he's uh, he, he, he finally looks his age, but he always looked older than he did to me. Yeah, but it, I mean, he's got to be what? He's got to be in his 70s now. Oh, yeah. And, and he's still beating him up on those drums. He's always been in good shape. He's always yeah. been pretty ripped. But yeah, his face always kind of looked like an older man to me. <laughs> and wasn't Bob Daisley, wasn't it, you know, Rudy's going to leave. He's going to go do Quiet Riot. Okay, fine, Rudy. He actually got Sharon's blessing to do so. Mm-hmm. And then was it Daisley? They asked him to, to find it. Or no, I'm thinking of ronnie james dio you're thinking of james dio but i will tell you that in doing research for this bob daisley is a glutton for punishment apparently just keeps coming back for more well he actually got paid on this i guess whereas jake didn't we we Mm. want to get into that Mm -hmm. but we find this jakey lee kid right this is because they they lose randy they need something right they they need somebody they just have this young guitar god who's going to change the face of rock and roll for 10 years and then he dies very unexpectedly and sadly. 
So they, they got to find somebody new and they find this kid, Jakey Lee, who is in a band called Mickey Rat, mm-hmm. which will eventually shorten that to Rat. Of course, they'll become a pretty big band in their own right. But this guy's a shredder. He's skinny. He's got the dark hair. Looks like a rock star to me. And this had to be tough because you wanted somebody who could play like this, but you didn't want him exactly like Randy Rhodes. And uh, there probably never will be anyone like Randy Rhodes. But somebody who could carry the weight and be the the new, f- I don't really want to say face because they didn't really promote him that much. He's in the videos, but like yeah. kind of, he's kind of at arm's length. Like there's no close up of him. But yeah, somebody who could get the job done. Right, right. So I think Sharon realizes, you know, I've got to promote Ozzy. Ozzy is my golden goose. And in both these videos, he's obviously heavily promoted. And she mm-hmm. didn't want to give anyone else a whole lot of credit or screen time because they are very replaceable, you know, and apparently he, after we knew Brad wasn't going to work out, it was between Lee, who was recommended by um, Dana Strum, uh, bass player, mm-hmm. uh, and George Lynch from Dokken. And apparently he chose George first, and then he quickly changed his mind <laughs> and then asked Lee, Jakey Lee to join. And then he had to go back and tell Lynch, hey, no, you don't have the gig, which sounds very Aussie. Yeah, th- this is the kind of the business model from now on where it's just you know you're just mowing people over mm-hmm. but then it's the i don't know like we we watched the the dio movie and we talked about that there is something to be said for taking somebody who is a nobody and propping them up giving them this you know cherry gig but then when the person wants to be paid they're like well how dare you how dare exactly. you say that Exactly. And Sharon's wearing like designer everything, you know, right. and you know, staying in the, you know, flying first class and staying in the nice place. Like, how dare you ask for more money? Correct. Yeah. I, I'm you giving you everything out of thin yeah. air and, uh, and played all the gigs, you know? Yeah. And also I, I feel like he's American. She's English. Americans mm-hmm. are just beneath you. <laughs> and so you don't treat them well. They're just, you know, there's, they're what, just the, colonists. Off the bottom of your feet. Yeah, exactly. So here's Jakey Lee who can write songs. But he didn't write any of the songs on this record. Or oh, did he? oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. So Bob Daisley, the bass player, and Lee began writing songs for this album once they're all together. And they they basically write off. Here's the thing. Ozzy doesn't play any instruments. Ozzy can't read music. Mm-hmm. Ozzy can't rewrite the musical portion of really anything. Right. To be honest with you. Mm-hmm. However, Sharon's like, huh. Look at all the money we had to give Randy and now Randy's estate from those first two albums because Randy, you know, helped write those songs. Why don't we just make it that Ozzy wrote all the songs and then we get all of that revenue? Mm-hmm. So for Bob, I guess because he is English, she paid him off. It's like, okay, you wrote all these. I'll just cut you a check for 50000 or 60000 or whatever it is. You get that money right now and then we get all the royalties. Because Bob was a little bit established, right? He had been in what Uriah Heep, and he had been in uh, you know a few different bands. Plus, he's English, right? So you gotta you gotta treat your countrymen with some respect. And by this point in time, he had already been around for a while too. He was on the first two records. Yeah, and he he you know he played with Chicken Shack back in the day. I mean, right. you know, he 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 had been around. So uh, and he and he knew the deal. So she's like, okay, I have to pay him. But she went to Jake, basically said. You're going to sign this right now to say you don't get any credit because you didn't write any of this. And if you say that you did, you'll get kicked out of the band. But right. it's, it's the old yeah, adage. But- I mean, if you 
if you're starving and someone offers you a plate of chicken wings, you know, you don't worry that there's a buffet behind the curtain. And I think the story as Jake tells it is that he's, he gets there. He, there, apparently according to him, there was some promise like, uh, you know, handshake promise of royalty credits. Mm-hmm. You just write the music. We'll work on the contracts. We'll meet you, you know, back here. He's working on the music. How's the contract coming? No problem. You know, Again, we're doing legal. You do the creative. Boop, boop, boop. He's done, and they're like, "Here's your contract." And yeah, it's just a paycheck, and there's nothing on there. And yeah, like you said, either you sign this or you get out, and we'll just get somebody else in here to record your parts, and you can go back to living on the street in San Diego or whatever, wherever you came from. Yes, exactly. Wherever you came from, little kid. Yeah. Uh, and I remember seeing him on Eddie Trunk on that metal show. Basically, said, "I'm scared of Sharon. I- I'm scared to mess with her." Mm-hmm. And you- you probably ought to be. I mean, everybody probably ought to be. You can say, I've, I've never met her before, but I'm afraid of her. Yes. Yeah. You don't trifle with her. You know? <laughs> Seriously, you know, and and I remember Sonny was doing a growing up rock thing on, you know, Ozzy versus Solo Dio, you know, like who's who's better and who sold better. And you can debate who you like better, which has better songs, but who sold better is not a debate. It's Ozzy by mm-hmm. a mile. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's because, yeah, they're both married, you know, uh, married to their managers. But the difference is Ozzy's married to Don Arden's daughter. Yeah. And Ronnie's married to a waitress from the rainbow. (laughs) And that's the difference, you know, and that's a big difference, you know, and Sharon did manage some other acts. But I mean, her main thing has always been Ozzy and then the Oz Fest. And then once she got on TV and she was a star after her lap band surgery, because she did lose a lot of weight, a hundred some odd pounds after that, got everybody on TV, always had a good plastic surgeon. But then once she was making that money, whoo, then she was spending it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Ozzy coming. What is all this stuff? Because <laughs> he doesn't need much, but uh, apparently she does. Anyway, so that's that's where we are. So they come and write all these killer songs. And I mean, we got to start getting song by song in here. Here's the other thing. It's like Ozzy's Donald Trump. You can't let him talk because he will change <laughs> the narrative that his lawyers have created. Like Sharon's like, Ozzy wrote all these songs. And then Ozzy be like, oh, yeah, Jake wrote Bark at the Moon with me along with Bob. So then they have to change the credits. She's like, what are you doing? You know, I, I've made it so that you wrote all these songs. right? And so, yeah, it, you can find that he wrote. And the thing is, Jake, on that episode, which I think also had Rick Allen of Def Leppard on there, he was like, I don't want royalties. Okay. I just want new issues of Bark at the Moon to say written by Jakey e. Lee. Like mm-hmm. you can keep the money. I just want the credit because I wrote this stuff and it means something to me that I wrote it and uh, nobody, you know, gives him any credit for it. And even Rick Allen was like, oh yeah, that's cool of you, man. That, you know, that should happen. So, but if you wow. look on Wikipedia, it does say that Bark at the Moon, the song, not the yeah. album was written by Ozzy and Jake and Bob. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, th- I think that's, the cat's out of the bag at this point in time. There's no way you can tell me, like you said, he doesn't write music. He doesn't know anything about music theory, or, but he put all the stuff together by himself. There's no way. There's, no, There's way. no way that was true. Even even guys who don't, like a, a guitarist like this, even if you come from a place where people write music, you would at least write your own solos. There's no way he did all of this himself. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Now, technically, a solo is not part of the writing correct yeah it's part of the arrangement it's melody is half of it lyrics are the other half Mm. so 
Ozzy can, I guess, write lyrics. He would probably have to say them and have someone else write them down. <laughs> I don't know how literate he is, but he can write lyrics, I guess. He probably contributed to some of Sabbath's lyrics. But so, yeah, so that's where we are. Plus, you're in trouble because people are killing people and listening to your music. With, and I remember that was a big thing, too, along with that. I didn't know any of the music, but I did know there were stories out there that, you know, people were killing themselves because of this. And it was I think Judas Priest was a little bit later, but about that same time, mm-hmm. you know, there were backwards messages. If you listen to this, you would just drive a car off a cliff. So, yeah, it, they say no press is bad press. But in this case, I think maybe he could have done without that. Yeah. I mean, eventually a couple of kids made a suicide pack after listening to suicide solution Mm -hmm. and then apparently somebody i didn't i don't know if i knew this or not but like some guy in canada like murdered his family or something like that when he was listening to some of this stuff you know so yeah but he addresses some of that in the in the music so why don't we go ahead and jump in yeah hi there this martin popoff scribbler of many many rock books you're listening to the ugly american werewolf in london Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. (laughs) Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, Looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, uh, oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. 
Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash Pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. With over 2,300 hotels across the U.S. and Canada, Best Western is perfect for our annual spring hiking trip. It feels a little like... Back to the hotel. What a great day. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western. Let's jump in, start going track by track here because there's some interesting stuff on this album. Alrighty. Starts off always popular to start off with the title track, Bark at the Moan. Now, if you're gonna you're gonna front load it, you might as well go all in on the first track. And it's a killer. It's a mm-hmm. killer rock yeah. track, man. This is yeah. such a good opener. This is such a good song. What I like is right at the beginning, it's just the riff. And then they, you know, the drums come in, bump up, but he's playing the hell out of this. And yeah, this, this can't get loud enough when you, when this comes on the radio. I agree. That opening chug from Jake, it's yeah. like, you don't say Randy who, but you say, oh, Ozzy's in good shape. That's just, okay. It's okay. Right. Yeah. It's going to work out. Yeah. And and the, the cool part is he's not really trying to be Randy Rhodes. It's, no. it's, this is not like a, like, a, you know, Randy light or a ripoff or anything else. This sounds totally different it does but it's it's pretty badass yeah uh, from jake you know i mean and he's basically got two solos he's got the solo in the main part you know two-thirds the way through the song mm. which is awesome but he's also kind of got the play out solo not yeah. unlike mr crowley i guess except this song's a lot faster than that killer killer song and it hit 21 in the uk and hit number 12 on mainstream rock and of course it was the first video that ever wound up on mtv which i guess a lot of people were anticipating because ozzy's this kind of weirdo this crazy (laughs) madman guy so it's like okay well what's this guy gonna come up with we don't know you know they were kind of like hoping that he would make a video i don't think they had the money on the first two albums and eventually i guess they're like okay we can do it let's do it and they kind of went all out right i mean yeah there's rick baker yeah the concept the jekyll and hyde the you know he turns into the the whatever werewolf or whatever that's on the front of the cover. So mm-hmm. they kind of tie that all together. Yeah. I mean, you can tell looking at it now, it's kind of dated, not, you know, they spent a lot more money on thriller. Let's put it that way. That's for sure. But it's fun to see, you know, to see the video and to know that he bought into that whole medium at this point in time. Yeah. I mean, and you're right about thriller because Rick Baker, who has mm-hmm. won what seven Academy awards, on 10 or 11 nominations they probably ought to rename the makeup award after him. <laughs> first one being four 
the American werewolf in, in London. London. That's right. That's right. Which had come out a couple of years before. So he did this a year before the thriller video because mm-hmm. that didn't come out till December of 84. This is what October, November of 83 that this comes out. And yeah, Ozzy looks cool as a werewolf, I would say. And it kind of tells a story. It shows a little bit of the band. You show Jake kind of jamming. You see Bob's face a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then there is no Tommy Aldridge because Carmine apiece is right at this point in time yeah in the video right because so you know you can move people in and out because if it's if you're not ozzy osborne it's not your band (laughs) Mm. and and this is where this is where you kind of get into a little bit of disservice too because i mean if if you're just hanging around in 1983 you figure that this is the guy on the record he obviously because he's in the video and that's not the case at all that's right. And that would happen more than once, I feel like. That would happen several times yeah. throughout this whole deal. But I, I love this one. I mean, mm-hmm. killer rock track. It's got great guitar from Jake, and it's brighter than, say, Black Sabbath. It's not mm-hmm. all tuned down and everything. It's 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 got a brighter sound, and that soloing that he does is outrageous it's it's like okay hey yes we all miss randy and he was fantastic but things are going to be okay we got a new gunslinger in town his name's jakey lee man he's got a band now that what is it called red dragon cartel yeah and i've seen a couple of clips of them playing this the the singer is horrendous i'm sorry especially on this song but what i like about it is he's the only guitar player so he finishes the solo and then they kind of stop for a second and then they go back into the main riff instead of in the song it overlaps sure but since they this since they don't have enough players there's a gap and it sounds awesome cuz you kind of get a chance to listen to the whole thing there's a silence for 2 seconds and then bam right into the riff again yeah that's cool that's cool yeah i mean he seems like the kind of guitar player who wouldn't need a second no and and there's clips of him playing on the i guess it's the bark at the moon tour and he's just when he does his solo the fact that he was not bigger is a crime because this dude is he's phenomenal. Well, the PR isn't going to come from within the Aussie camp. All that's reserved for Aussie, right? Mm-hmm. So he would need his own PR person. And if he did that, Sharon would have fired him. Correct. Uh, right. You know, and and it took a while between this and Ultimate Sin, which he also which he did get some writing credit on. But I mean, th- this is 83. Ultimate Sin is 86. So they toured, but then also Ozzy had to go to Betty Ford for six months in 85. <laughs> six months is a long time for rehab. Mm. And it didn't 100% work, of course. But yeah, so, uh, it, you know, it, that, that's a long time between. And then, I mean, we can get into it at the end, but then eventually it was time to move on from Jake, right? So right. that happens. But great opening track, killer Ozzy tune. One of my favorites in his catalog, to be honest with you. Right. And, and I remember looking at this, album thinking well i mean i don't really know anything else other than that so how's this gonna go <laughs> well it's it's different the, the member of the band we haven't spoken about yet is the legendary don airy mm-hmm. who for the last 20 years has been in deep purple took over for john lord but has played with sabbath and dio and white snake and he's basically the heavy metal keyboard guy is who he mm-hmm. is and he's fantastic he's phenomenal but you hear bands like Iron Maiden around this time saying you can't put keyboards on heavy metal albums. There's almost as much keyboard as there is guitar on this record. There's <laughs> keyboard all over this thing. There's not a ton on that opening track, but here we go. Now now we're starting to get into where Don Airy makes this huge difference. And on you, You're No Different, which is a slower song, 
he's prominent on this one. Right. And so this thing starts off and I'm like, oh, we're slowing way down. I don't. (laughs) They should have saved it for the third track. I'm with you. Well, yeah. (laughs) Well, okay. But it picks up. It definitely picks up. This, this is a, this is a better song than I was going to give it credit for in the first 10 seconds. Cause it has that, like that kind of the slow melodic intro. I'm like, Oh, we're going to hit the brakes this quick, but Mm -hmm. it picks up. And the the lyrics in this thing make it to me, make it for me in the vocal delivery. Sometimes he almost gets lost. Like he's kind of, and I'll point that out a little bit later in the record, but on this one, this is a pretty good track. And I think that especially on this record, Bob Daisley does not get enough credit. He's playing the bass, but he's doing it in a way that that's, very distinctive he doesn't play it the same he's kind of sliding around on this one yeah he slides yeah i i like this track quite a bit actually Yeah, and these lyrics are so good. There's no way Ozzy could have written all these. I mean, uh, <laughs> these are really good. I mean, you know, concealing your crimes behind a grandeur of lies. He doesn't know what grandeur means. <laughs> now, the beginning, he could. How many times can you put me down till in your heart you realize if you choose to criticize, you choose your enemies? I got to believe this is backlash against all the Christians coming out mm-hmm. against him, mm-hmm. all the negative press, the satanic and all this kind of stuff and saying, you're no different. You're no different than me. Right. I was yeah. thinking about that too. Like, I know that, I know that he's, he's made a career out of that and probably at some points doesn't really care, but I think at other times he really does, you know, like he's, he's not this person that everybody's making him out to be. I mean, he's a family man. He loves his kids. He loves his wife. If you go to his house, like I remember the comedian, Jim Norton went to his house and said, yeah, they sat around and watched movies and ate popcorn. Like there are no bats being decapitated at the house right it's it's 100 an act but i think that does wear on you after a while when people call you horrible things and want you to end your own life yeah you know absolutely you know he's he doesn't have the wherewithal to conjure up the devil he he, <laughs> he just doesn't have that it's an image it's like alice cooper it's like it's right. halloween it's just Correct. halloween every day yeah you know, it's an act yeah Absolutely. And he was in Black Sabbath. I mean, what do you, you think he's going to come out and be George Michael after that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, this is yeah, now he's playing up to it. Keith said the same thing. It's like, you know, they call you bad boys and then you play up to the bad boy image because now you got to maintain that bad boy right. image, right? You yeah. Know? So now we're tax cheats. Now we're drug addicts, you know, whatever sells that bad boy thing. And yeah, he he definitely has substance problems. He had mental health issues. Uh, he had learning disability issues his whole life. And what do they call that when you believe in yourself? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't either because <laughs> I don't have any. Not, self-esteem. Not just, self-esteem, that's the word. There yeah, we go. Never heard that word growing up. Anyway. Um, <laughs> But no, I mean, I think the lyrics are good. You're kind of fighting back against the people who put you down. You're kind of fighting against censorship. The PMRC thing hadn't happened mm-hmm. yet, but, you know, that's on the But that, that was kind of bubbling, though. Yeah. Yeah. So he, um, I, you know, I actually really like this. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, the way this, he this puts gets, it together. Yeah, this gets way better. Like I said, when I heard the intro part, I'm like, oh boy, this is going to yep. be a skip, but it's not at all. No, no, not at all. And it's the longest song on the album. It doesn't really feel that way necessarily. Mm. And good stuff from, from Uncle Don Airy on this. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you move to the third song. Now you see it, parentheses, now you don't. Correct. <laughs> Daisley <laughs> says... I can't believe the Osbournes let me put these lyrics on this album. Don't man. I have no idea how this passed uh, legal? Because yeah, when you listen to this, he's only talking about one person, Sharon. Correct, Amundo. Yeah, apparently, and- apparently that was the thing. There was always this promise over here of you know there was money dangling around to get you in the door, and then all of a sudden, oh, sorry, changed my mind. Not going to happen. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of unbelievable. He himself states he he can't believe that Sharon let it on. Was she just not listening? Ozzy probably doesn't really understand what it's about. He's just reading the lyrics and trying to sing them. Right. So he he probably doesn't get it that he's, I mean, it's a pointed rebuke (laughs) at Sharon. It's (laughs) obvious. And of course, but she fired him from the band in 81, right? Mm-hmm. And then brought him back after Rudy left. Not only not only that, there were probably early 2000s reissues of mm-hmm. both Dyer of a Madman and, Bar- and uh, Blizzard of Oz. He's not on it. They got somebody else to re-record his parts. And then he sued the shit out of them and they had to back the off on that. Yeah, and the fans are like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, this isn't you can't who, change who, the yeah. original. That's mm. bullshit, man. I mean, you, you want to take his name off, fine, but you don't take his parts off. That's the original song. You don't mess with that, right? That's that. That was Sharon overstepping her bounds, right yeah. there, for sure. But yeah, his Ozzy's name is on this. Written by Osborne, overbearing woman making it so hard for me. <laughs> yeah, and then but so it's like, give me central heating hope that i can pay the bill so it's like mm-hmm. you, you gave him enough money to live indoors but you, you didn't give him that much money right <laughs> but starting off this riff is killer on this song this this is way better than i don't want to say it has a right to be but it's it's pretty it's pretty heavy this could be it almost sounds like early metallica that it, it's a little bit faster and not quite as heavy but this is this is good i like this one good and you got more don airy Mm-hmm. It almost gives it a bit of a heavy metal prog thing almost in some spots. And I always like this chorus, even though it's it's not great. Now you see it, now you don't. Yeah. At least he's singing more. He he sings better than he did in Sabbath. I think that Randy helped him with a lot of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but yeah, I'm with you. This is another good one. It's solid. And I just can't get over the fact that it's about Sharon being an evil person. And she didn't see that. And she allowed it to go on and still paid Bob for it. I mean, Oz, <laughs> she, I, I say Ozzy gets the royalties. She gets the royalties. Correct. Ozzy yes. doesn't know which yeah. bank. He, he doesn't have a credit card he, in his pocket. Correct. Yeah. yeah. He, he just, he just follows along and yeah, he's allowed to be there and he's happy and that's fine. And that's what he always needed was somebody to take care of him. So good for him. Yes, exactly. Ozzy needs a handler. I, I, Ozzy needs someone to take advantage of him. At least it's Sharon 
who is screwing other people over for him. <laughs> you know, because he's not going to be screwing people over. He he doesn't have the wherewithal. So. Yeah. All right. Move on to the last song on the first side. Rock and Roll Rebel. Cheesy title. Yeah. Generic yeah. kind of song, if you ask me. Jake does some hot hammering on this, though, but I don't know if it helps rescue the song. <laughs> I would agree with you on that one, too. The riff is good. It, I think now we're kind of we're, we're retreading. You're no different now. You know, you're saying basically it, I'm not this person. You know, you, you must be so you say I worship the devil. You must be stupid or blind. Yeah. You know, I, I think I think at this point in time, this was taking a toll on him. Uh, and, and he was trying to kind of not get around it, but maybe soften it a little bit. The message. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's the theme like it's, it's the establishment against little old me trying to paint me as a Satanist. Mm -hmm. I'm not that. But I mean, look at some of these lyrics, the ministry of truth that deals with pretense the ministry of peace that sits on defense they live a life of fear and insecurity and all you do is pay for their prosperity he doesn't he can't write that he didn't know anything <laughs> about the government the ministry of fear that won't let you live the ministry of grace that doesn't forgive obviously he didn't write that he you mm. know he doesn't know what half of those words mean How about this one? God only knows why they couldn't see the obvious. Is it because they manifest the incubus? I'm not even sure I get that one. So, <laughs> he, you know, but hey, rock and roll rebel. It gets teenage boys go. Yeah. yeah. They're fist up. I'm a rock and roll rebel. I'm mm -hmm. going out in the I rock and raising hell tonight. That's exactly <laughs> what he's going for. Well, and the, and the thing is, too, he's he's trying to, you know, distance himself maybe from the devil worship part. But as you would learn later from the gentleman in Motley Crue, the whole thing about him partying is epic. Absolutely. Legendary. True. Nobody can keep up with him, even those guys. Every one of those Aussie stories are true. <laughs> you don't have to make up an Aussie story. You can just tell a true story, man. It's outrageous. I snorted ants. Correct. Just drank because... his own pee. You know, <laughs> he drank his own pee. And I have no problem. There was, there would, but it didn't even put it in ice. He was still yeah. steaming hot. You get to the point where any story you hear, you're like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. No way. Awesome. He would never do. No, he, he would completely do that. Yep. Now he might not remember it. And right. if you tell him that story, he would say, um, I guess if you right. say it's true. <laughs> yeah. But this is to me, it, it's kind of generic. It's, yeah. it's not extraordinary i i, I think this was and there's there's more than one of these on here but i think this was a this was a shot at maybe writing a single radio single i, I think you're probably right there let's let's take a turn of phrase that people can attach themselves to yeah let's have uh, ozzy be in a grieve that oh people say i'm so evil just because i bite the heads off of things and i you know pee everywhere <laughs> and you know can barely speak english even though it's the only language they speak you know there's hidden stuff on there on the backtracks and all those interesting sounds that are on a couple of his songs no it's not me but they they played into that you know so they they use it and they rebel against it right yeah. they use it when it's convenient and they fight <laughs> against it when people are suing you for their kids committing suicide
Hi guys, this is Chris Slade, drummer of ACDC and many others, and you're listening to the ugly, I mean really ugly, Werewolf in London. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It goes down. down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Looking to refresh your closet, home, or beauty routine this spring? Walmart's got all the stylish goods in one stop. From chic new looks and the latest makeup to quality furniture and tableware. Go to walmart.com slash now trending. That's walmart.com slash now trending for the hottest fashion, home, and beauty finds. Your style at Walmart. Okay, well, that's side one. Pretty decent side one. Pretty good mm-hmm. way to start the album. Flip it over and we get to center of eternity. Mm-hmm. Although in Europe, this was forever. And apparently, if you listen to bootlegs or any live recordings at the time, Oz, you'll say this one's called forever. So it's the same, same lyrics, same, music, same exact song, different title. same lyrics. Yeah, it's just in oh, one place right. they call it forever and the other place they call it center of eternity. C-E-N-T-R-E because he's English. It will. <laughs> I mean, that's I funny when you see those movies. you see those interviews with him and he's sitting around with his family and sometimes they're even like what did you just say no <laughs> right. idea and you live with the guy i know i i feel bad for ozzy to be honest with you he he uh, sharon has been propping him up for years and making millions off of him and then making her own star rise i mean mm-hmm. what does she make for being on the view more than ozzy can make for touring right now because he can't sing Prop Kelly's career up, prop Jack's career up. You know, I mean, smart, good business. Is it the best thing for Ozzy? Was it always in his best health? I don't know about that. Uh, but then then you go back to had he not met her, he probably just would be dead right now. He would have just drank himself to death in some shitty apartment on the Sunset Strip at some point in time. Absolutely. Either true. either but after Sabbath or after Randy died. So I I, I kind of see it both ways. There is there is part of me that's like, just let the dude. It, just let him retire just let him you know sail off but there's always oh he's going to do one more tour no he's not not at this point in time after he canceled that what was the one in california that they had the download or aftershock or whatever that was yeah, that had two hundred fifty thousand. correct yeah once he went because he was he was featured there 
once he said no, I'm like, there, there's just no way. He's he's just he's too far gone at this point in time. No, no, they, they've canceled everything over the last five years. I feel mm-hmm. like, and he wasn't that good twenty years ago. Right, I I saw him, and he wasn't that good. And so now he couldn't be any good. Plus, he's in pain. Mm-hmm. Plus, he's always hurt. He's always sick. There's always something going on with him. I say just let him go away. Yeah, they they did the big Black Sabbath tour that Rival Sons basically opened for him on for 13 months. Black Sabbath is over, so we don't have to revisit that anymore. Mm-hmm. I understand maybe you want to do something with Zach, the final kind of tour, but it's just there's too many impediments. Yeah, and and you don't want to see him out there completely just a shell of a human being, can't perform, can't really sing. Like you said, they're they're propping him up. Nobody wants to see that. No. I mean, it, it's a testament to his fans that people would even want that. But no, let's 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 just let him let retire. him retire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now back to center of eternity. Oh, right. Uh, big organ from mm-hmm. Don to start here, and there's lots of fancy fretwork here from Jakey Lee. It's fast paced. It's got good riff, you know, for the metal. You know, I, I like this one. And in some parts, you know, the riff it, it's kind of maiden like. Uh, yeah. To be honest with you. Yeah. And th- the thing that I don't like is the vocals on this one. He that he's trying to put to me. He's trying to put too much stuff in here. Like it's it's if you slowed it down a little bit, this to me this would have been a better song. I do like it. The journey to the center of eternity. I'm like, okay, wait, I don't know what we're trying to do with that, but and he's got a nice solo. So. Well, you mentioned points to it. Yeah, no, no, that's positive. And yes, good solo from Jake. I I actually like the way he sings this because he generally doesn't sing like this. Okay. So this is different. But my note is there's no way he could have sung this the last 25 or 30 years. Oh, yeah. Absolutely no way. There's no way. He he needs a slow, you know. Yes. Is he live or dead? Right. Yeah, that's what he can do right now or the last 20 years. Yeah, right. So he can't, he, he couldn't do this today. I, I like it because it is different like that. It is him maybe stretching himself as a vocalist. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he would consider it that, or he decided this is what I'm going to try. Hard to get into his mind, but yeah, I, I, I give him a little credit because it, it is a little bit different. stretching himself on this one he's stretching himself he's trying something new he couldn't do it today if all his children's lives depended on him couldn't do it just not possible couldn't have done it 20 years ago even when he was sober ish he was sober from maybe alcohol but they had him on all those different pain medicines i mean he's on like four or five different ones it's Mm -hmm. amazing he didn't die the way tom petty did you know yeah he does have a legendary tolerance though yeah he's built that up pretty well i would say (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I would say, but I mean, remember, he, and then he wrecked, he had a wreck on his four by four or his, you know, his, his little, not four by four is not, not a truck, like a little, um, get around that you have like on your property. Mm. And he wrecked himself, hurt himself pretty bad. He had to take painkillers to get through some of that. And I just think he kind of, you go to just several kept... different doctors yeah. you several <laughs> different kinds, <laughs> and it just kind of comes in and then, yeah, he's slurring his words. Of course he is, which would make him. So tired. so tired see what i did there wow. Segway. segue right into the next track fantastic okay so at first i only had three words for this mm-hmm. 
this is lame. <clears throat> How dare you say anything bad about Ozzy? This is lame. And this somehow was the second single off the album. Well, I, I think I, I was thinking the same thing too. Like why of all the, uh, there's only two singles off this record. Why would you pick this one? I, yeah. I definitely think at this point in time, you were trying to have a, a radio hit. This could be, I, I've got here, uh, this song is, sounds like it was written by someone else. Mm-hmm. And this could be on the Yacht Rock channel. Yeah, I don't know if Sharon's trying to reposition him as a crooner or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, yes, he's a metal madman, but he can also stand in the spotlight. He's got a softer side. Like Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Say, a, I don't think. But your question is, did someone else write this? My question, I have it right here. Did Sharon write this? Oh, because she's so tired of him. Right. It's, 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 I mean, ostensibly, it's about a woman who's in a relationship and he's the side piece. Mm-hmm. And he's tired of it. But that could be Sharon. Like Ozzy's out fooling around because there's groupies and there's women throwing themselves at him and Ozzy can only run so fast. So is that <laughs> Sharon sick of that? Because I don't think he she was out screwing around on him. So although maybe, think, maybe. Yeah, well, I thought she was. I thought she and Randy had something going for a while. Uh, well, it, that's possible. It's I don't know. But I'll tell you what, this song gets better when you watch the video for it. Well, you're 100% right about that. And I'd seen Bark at the Moon video. It's been uh-huh. around a long time. Yeah. I don't know how much I saw it back in the day. But as I got older, it saw I saw it. I had never seen this so tired video. Me either. And I don't know. And it did not chart in America, but it did go to 20 in the UK. So maybe Sharon knew what she was doing in creating this video and releasing this song because 20 is higher than the 21 that Bark at the Moon reached in the UK. And then you get onto the you get onto uh, BBC Radio at in, if you're in the top twenty, right? And, and you get on top of the pops, or at mm-hmm. least they can put part of it on there. And it's quite, I mean, it's quite the undertaking. I mean, it's it, I assume it's Rick Baker again, and the video is him kind of in an abandoned theater with like the orchestra with cobwebs all over them, just kind of sitting there. And then he plays several characters. You know, he plays Quasimodo Aussie, like you mm-hmm. know, knocking down the. Uh, the weights and stuff that might follow him. He's playing stage director, Ozzy. He plays the guy playing the piano. Ozzy being himself singing and crooning has some very 80s hair. (laughs) But I think that what what that proves to me is that he doesn't take himself too seriously. Like it's kind of a, the whole thing is tongue in cheek. There's a great scene at the beginning where he's walking into the theater and there's a girl with flowers and he just pushes her out of the way. Like get out of my face. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I think you're right here as far as trying to change his image goes when he plays all these five characters and you see he's just having fun. Mm-hmm. He's being silly. Yeah. So then so then to me, I'm like, OK, so th- is this kind of like a goof? Like he knows this is goof. He knows this isn't really him. You know, this is kind of a, a change of pace that somebody talked him into. So let's let's ham it up as best I can. And, and it kind of takes place, too, around the same time in his history. I feel like it's late 1800s Jack the Ripper kind of stuff on mm-hmm. Mark of the Moon. It's basically the same thing here, although maybe it's kind of juxtaposed like it's been shut down since the 1880s or whatever. And and now here comes Ozzy in and there's these kind of ghosts around kind of thing. I don't know, but he played all the parts. You can see at the end of the video, he's like all five parts kind of like are on stage all together Mm -hmm. side by side by side there. Are those strings in there? Did they compose that or is that Don Airy doing some synth work there? It could be. I guess I could try to look this up. And see if anyone gets credit. No, strings arranged by Lewis Clark. So okay, there really were strings, actual strings used on this. 
yeah, I, I, I didn't really know this song, even though I've had this album a long time now. I didn't really know this song very well. I'd certainly never seen the video. You're right. The video gives it context mm-hmm. that without it, yeah, think, this mm-hmm. song's the song just blows. Yeah, but <laughs> with the video, it does become better. I can't believe it was a minor hit in England. Goodbye. I know it's gonna make you cry. shocking to me yeah I, I can imagine back in the day if you were listening to this and you didn't really realize you know oh i kind of like this song you know it's on the it's on the top of the pops or whatever who is this it's ozzy osbourne no it's not it couldn't possibly be right but it is uh and i guess it worked i don't know moving on to seventh song or the third song on the second side slow down mm-hmm very 80s to mm-hmm. me very 80s mm-hmm. and is this about doing too much blow i did maybe but i mean <laughs> the, i can't i can't the i can't get over the vocals on this one this is terrible it's terrible <laughs> slow down your haste mace your haste makes waste slow down join the human race boo <laughs> shut up those are just words that rhyme stop it well, and the the lyrics are one thing. When he when he sings the slow down, it's not that bad. The singing mm-hmm. is not that bad. Sonically, it sounds okay. But then the keyboards over it and around yeah. it are cheesy <laughs> as hell. It's like I can't believe you put that on a metal album, man. That sucks. That, yes. I mean, the song's not great, but you're making it bad. <laughs> And I was thinking this this should have been somebody else too. Like this, this was like, and I was trying to think of the the band that could have done this, but it was like it's not metal. It's it's cheesy hard rock from about this time that could have been you know by a one hit from somebody I don't know Jefferson the, Starship something like that yeah or so <laughs> you know some band that would only have Power Force or something like that where yeah. it was one you had one kind of minor hit on the radio and this was it and this is not it man it, yeah. it's it's not that I look I give Jake credit that he does a good job to try to make it rocking with a decent riff yeah and uh, and the bass is good in this one too the bass kind of sounds Steve Harris ish it's mm-hmm. just it just comes together in this cheesy package. Yeah. It's it's very 80s and those mm. synths just make it bad. It's just bad. It's just <laughs> that's, bad. <laughs> that's the that's the problem with this era of music. Like you're right on the cusp of the keyboard is coming in and if you use it correctly it's nice, but if you overuse it then it's just it just ruins the whole thing. It's horrible, yeah. And then it's... apparently they didn't let him on stage either from what I understand. No, no. He was they, like uh, he was he was ba- he was playing but it was back behind the curtain. And that was tradition in heavy metal. They did that in Sabbath, they did that in Dio. 
Mm-hmm. And Dio's like that to Jeff Nichols. He's like, look, just stay with us. One day you're going to get to be on stage. But for now, we can't have keyboards and heavy metal. So, yeah, you're going to have to be off to the side or whatever. Yeah. And, and the people who like are in the industry, they know what you're doing back there. Don Airy has never been out of work a day in his life since this. So, well, apparently know. there was a problem with Don because hold on. I want to make sure that I get this right. Because Billy Duffy said that he went and saw an Ozzy show and was pissed because he heard the keyboards, but couldn't see the person playing it. And I don't know. This says John Webster. I I don't know. He he was telling the story about how he I, he wanted the guy, and maybe Don wasn't even in the band at this point in time, but he's like, no, 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 I want you to come play with us. And but you can be on stage, no problem. You know, like we'll get you. He's a good-looking guy. We get you the, you know, mm-hmm. put you, get you some stage clothes. But apparently, when it was time to do the tour, he had gained like fifty pounds. Oh God! And they're like, "Uh, no, dude. Like you need to be. You need. You to don't go, look it, rock and roll anymore. Correct. Man, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Look at Jake. Weighs one hundred nine pounds. Okay. Yeah. You got to look like that. Yes. All right. So get past that, and you get to waiting for darkness. Mm-hmm. this picks it back up again this this is a better thing that you get the synth intro this is darker you've got uh you've got bob plucking on the bass I, I i'm glad that that this got put in after that because if if slow down was the last song i would have been disappointed yeah i mean it kind of continues the tradition like don't put your worst song last yeah Put your worst song second, second last, correct, and then have a decent song to play out on. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on the ominous bass and cymbals to start, you know, and Don comes in with some keys. You're off mm-hmm. and running. It's not quite a throwaway. I don't love it. It's just that in relation to slow down. Right. Yeah, it's better. But to me, it's generic and it's the last song. It's like we have five or six good ones. We need a couple more to get up to close to 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. It's I think this was the well, I've got this was the B side of So Tired. Interesting. Oh, Waiting uh, for Darkness was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, the same thing too. Like it's for a last song, it's not bad. If this was farther up, like if this was on the first side, it probably would not have impressed me. Exactly true. Yeah. No, I don't don't love this, but I'm glad you found out that it was the B side for So Tired. Because I was assuming that that was spiders in the night. Uh, or is it which just I, spiders? Well, it I, again, it kind of depends on <laughs> when and where you got it. I think it showed up in four or five different countries on those records, but it didn't end up everywhere, which is just kind of weird to me. But let's see here if I still have those notes. The track Spiders of the Night was originally included only on European, Australian, New Zealand, and Greek releases. I guess Greek is not considered European. <laughs> But uh, but but it was included on this one that I got the 95 reissue, but they simply listed as spiders on that instead of spiders in the night. But yeah, it's got some creepiness to it. Plotting heavy bass from Bob, which is maybe a little more Sabbathy mm-hmm. than most of the other most of the other stuff. It's not Sabbathy on guitar. Um, it's much brighter than Tony, but the, the cool brace kind of makes it, you know, kind of a creepy song. Right.
and then you kind of have that idea of you know something in the dark you know people are they have problems with spiders and they're small so they can hide but yeah they come out at night and mess with you just kind of that feeling that there's that something is around the corner there's dread around the corner that you can't see and so i, I kind of like this one honestly i don't know why they didn't put it on there it's uh, it, like you said it's on the european version which apparently was a lot different at least track wise mm-hmm. and i have no like they started apparently with rock and roll rebel went into bark at the moon second why Shocking you would do that me. yeah Shocking i, I don't me. i don't understand why you would retrack this for different audiences i i don't really either the good news is they left slow down off of it correct i would right. take <laughs> i would take spiders instead of uh slow down absolutely but, but once again i mean like i said it's not called center of eternity it's called forever yeah in Europe. So kind of different there, but yeah, I mean, look, being Ozzy, being from black Sabbath, being the Prince of darkness, having a song about spiders and it being kind of ominous and creepy. Mm-hmm. That just kind of fits the mold. You know? Yeah. Even more than rock and roll rebel. And th- this is a nice bonus track, especially if you got the reissue and you'd never heard it before. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's not a, it's not a complete throwaway track. So it's, it's good to hear what else they were doing at that point in time. And then there's one up the B side, uh, mm-hmm. which is, you know, Sure, for one up the backside. Yeah. On first listen, it's not very Ozzy. Yeah. And to me, it could be a lot of bands until mm-hmm. you hear his voice come in on the track. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing too, that he, he, I don't even know how to, th- how to think about this because part of me thinks he gets a lot of credit, but then part of me thinks that he doesn't get enough credit for being a singer because his voice is very distinctive. He probably couldn't sing other stuff, but when you hear it, the second you hear his voice, you know who it is. There's no double take. Like, is that, uh, no, of course it is. Yeah. I mean, and look, it's called one up the B side. So, you know, it's a B side that yeah. this is built to be a throwaway and mm-hmm. you've got such a strong opening title track like bark at the moon with this incredible riff and this incredible guitar playing on it you don't need anything to distract from that mm-hmm. so you throw something like you know one up the b-side on the other side there makes sense it, you know it's not great it's a b-side right yeah purposely. it's it, yeah i think it i think it's a solid b-side and so that's it you know mm-hmm. and it sold over three million copies in the united states of america which again, I mean, Ozzy is British, but it only went silver 60,000 in England. Whereas, I mean, 3 million platinum in Canada, gold in Australia, three times platinum in the US and probably has continued to sell pretty well over the years. I didn't buy mine until the late nineties, but is it, I mean, like we, I got, remember the gentleman who emailed us that killer email that we read on the show. Oh, about um, 90125. Yeah. Yeah. That was Simon's Simon C. And he kind of wrote us at the time saying like, yeah, if you were into Prague in the eighties, especially if you were a young person into Prague, mm-hmm. you chewed the old bands of the seventies, like the, the King Crimson's and the yes and the Genesis, because they were old and they were kind of changing into more pop at the time. And you would jump onto Marillion or some of the newer, if you're really into Prague, you would do that. And I wonder if in the UK, it was like Ozzy's an old timer 
you know, he's he, Sabbath is ancient. Sabbath is old news. Mm-hmm. We're going to jump into Saxon and Iron Maiden and stuff like that. If you're into heavy metal and we don't want to know Ozzy from anything. It, it and, could be. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because there, there is that there is. Yeah, there is that you kind of get that stink of being old at this point in time, even though I don't think he was that old. Uh, he was compared, in his thirties though. Yeah. I mean, so for some people that's an ancient rock star. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Could, it yeah. could be, it could be that. I got a feeling that's that's part of it. Plus, you know, I mean, it was an American record company. It was Tony Martell from Epic or CBS or whoever it was that that signed him. You know, her father had Jet Records. Don Arden had Jet Records, so mm-hmm. technically it was on that. But you know, by the mid '80s, Don was having legal issues and all other issues, and Jet kind of went away. So yeah, I don't. And, and and you know what? Don probably had more power in England than he did in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So if he wants to squelch Ozzy a little bit because he's pissed he's at his daughter Sharon, and pissed yeah. at him, he can do that in the UK, whereas you can't do that as easily in the US. It's just mm-hmm. too fast. There's too many other players. But yeah, I mean, this comes out right before Ozzy turns 35. Okay. So he's no kid. Mm-hmm. And to some people, that's that's not what they want. It's like, oh, I don't want a 30-year-old rock star. That's too old. I'm 17. I need someone who's just a few years older than me. Give me those Iron Maiden books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I want what's new and fresh now. Yeah, but it, it, I mean, look, it went to 19 on the U.S. Billboard, which is pretty good for Ozzy, 24 in the U.K., made it to nine in Sweden and, and top 20 Finland. Those Scandinavian countries love their metal, don't they? <laughs> but yeah, and of course, our buddy Martin gave it a 10 out of 10. I can't give it a 10 out of 10, Martin. You're you're stretching there, buddy. I, I mean, he's I being, could give Blizzard 10, but not this one. He's he's being generous, but this is a much better record than I ever gave it credit for in my head. I figured, now eh, you know, it has Bark at the Moon, and that's about it. There's there's a couple of d- very decent tracks on this thing. I do, in the catalog, I I don't think it gets enough enough credit. And part of that's because Jake has been pushed aside. Mm-hmm. Bob has been pushed aside. Even I mean, Carmine got pushed aside pretty quickly. I mean, he was in the band. And then he was right out of the band. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then Randy, was it Randy Castillo came in, I think, after him? Something like that. I mean, there was a revolving door. And then it was Randy didn't like Jake. And Randy wanted to help push Jake out. That's what I read. Yeah. And it's, I think that's part of the problem with, of the, the Ozzy Osbourne legacy is it's just, like you said, it's a revolving door and it's always about money. And had he had more of a solid crew, even though Bob Daisley was there up until I didn't know he, he up into no more tears. Like he played on that entire record and then they got rid of him for the videos. Well, and you know, he was on Bark at the Moon, but Phil Suzanne was Bob's replacement. Prior to recording, he was having a disagreement with Ozzy, probably about money, mm-hmm. bring in Phil, and then they had to bring him back, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's he's basically in and out all the time. Right. But yeah, it was like Randy wants Jake out and it's it's a soap opera. <laughs> and I I feel like Sharon likes it that way. Well, I mean, it, it comes down to it, you don't don't get twisted up as to who the star is. And I think she had a problem with Zach for a while, too, where he got to be a little more. He, there were more people showing up to see him right. for, in her mind. And so that she had to get rid of him for a while. Yeah, that that's what it is. Ozzy is the star of the show. Everybody else works for him, works for the corporation, works for her, basically. Right. And, you know, if you if you get a little bit too big for your britches, you're out and he you know, you're going to get paid what I'll allow you to get paid. And if you don't like that, the door is right over there and I'll get somebody else in two seconds. Yeah. But it's, it's kind of pathetic. I mean, 
Ozzy obviously needs the help. It's not like Ozzy is this dominant creative force right. or even a performing force. On the OzFest that I saw Iron Maiden on, Iron Maiden had to take up the mantle because Ozzy couldn't sing back-to-back nights, but Sharon still booked plenty of tours on back-to-back nights. Huh. So then on the tour, Ozzy's like, I can't sing back-to-back. So what happened was I didn't get to see Black Sabbath reunited because they had played the night before someplace else so iron maiden would step up on those nights because they can play they don't have to just play an hour they could play an hour and a half two hours they're a headliner in their own right mm-hmm. so like on those nights we'll step up and we'll play a little more but of course by the end of the tour this is pissing sharon off because iron maiden's awesome live and <laughs> ozzy is barely getting through it reading mm-hmm. his teleprompter to remember the songs he allegedly wrote so they're getting depressed so then she has people pelt shit at iron maiden during their thing it's like how petty are you woman plus she she looks for a long time it's like you you knew she had plastic surgery but you couldn't tell like Mm -hmm. her guy was doing a great job it's incredibly obvious now that she's continued to have work done and she's in her 70s but she her face just is twisted and evil just like her heart (laughs) it's true I don't, I don't think there's, and you say, well, you know, everybody can't have the same feeling about that. I think they do. I don't think there's anybody that, that enjoys dealing with her. It's just either, either you do everything that she says the way that she says it, or she's going to cut your head off. And even somebody like, like Iron Maiden, who does anybody have anything bad to say about them? No, they, they can't stand her. It's yeah. just everybody can't be wrong. It's your problem. You're this the controlling person who I don't know if she gets off on <laughs> bossing people around, but it sure seems yeah. like it. Greedy. Yeah. Nasty person. I'm sure she's nice to her kids, but that doesn't. I would I mean, hope so. Even I mean, Donald Trump's nice to his kids, I feel. Yeah. Like. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, no, eventually he do Ultimate Sin, which was good. Had Shot in the Dark in it, which I mm-hmm. love. Ultimate Sin title track is pretty darn good. You saw some videos of them on stage and it was it's a big cool stage and Ozzy would come down and like this big throne. Yeah. Jake looked pretty cool and everyone's, you know, rocking out. Martin only gave that one 6 out of 10 by the way. Mm, he um, probably thought it was too poppy. Maybe so, but that's what Sharon wants. She wants more success. She wants right. more album sales. So Although I think if I remember correctly, I think that album was persona non grata for a while also like they were having problems with the money on that and it was out of print and you couldn't you couldn't get a copy of it and i think there are reissue sets where that's not even mentioned and now they've got it together now where you can buy it again but for a while it was off the off the market didn't realize that that's kind of yeah, crazy there's always something with the money because <laughs> i think that was the thing that, that jake said he was like i'm not doing anything on this next record no, I will. I will not write one note. I will not play one note until you give me the contract that I can sign and take to an actual lawyer and make sure that everything's above board before we before we start on this. Fool me once, but not again. Right. And so he did, mm-hmm. and it it didn't do as well. I mean, it's got a, a couple million in sales, at least a couple million in the U.S., maybe as many as three million worldwide. Not quite the success Bark at the Moon was, but still, it set him up to then eventually. What did he go to? Uh, Badlands. Yep. Mm-hmm. With uh, uh, Eric Singer. With Singer and a couple mm-hmm. other folks who we might know, but Jake never really got the status. I mean, you think about the greatest guitarist for Ozzy, it's Ra- Randy Rhodes, it's Jake, and it's Zach. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Randy died too young. Zach has gone on to become a super duper star with, with Black Label Society and yeah. on his own and stuff like that. But Jake's kind of the guy in the middle who like aficionados appreciate him, metalheads appreciate him, but he's not known. And he hasn't had this enormous 
career that he probably should have given mm-hmm. what he did for Ozzy. Yeah, he says no, but there was something about how like he was homeless for a while. He's down on his luck, and I think he's a dude that yeah, he never got his just dues. Everybody who's familiar with this knows who he is and and knows his place in this universe. But yeah, he he should have been much bigger. Absolutely, and then you know you see the shout out loud guys go out to Vegas to hang out with Gene Simmons and Jakey e. Lee is just around, he's just <laughs> hanging out <laughs> because awesome. there's a lot of rock stars that hang out in Vegas and they can get mm-hmm. work out there, you can get gigs out there. So he's just around. I'm like, you just met Jakey e. Lee just walking around. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, that is our synopsis of Ozzy Osbourne's 1983 third solo album, Bark at the Moon, featuring Jakey Lee on lead guitar. And they had to pick up somebody special after the loss of Randy Rhodes. Plug Brad Gillis in there for the Speak of the Devil album. That's fine. But they needed to come up with somebody who had real flash and the ability to write some killer songs. And they got that in Jake. And the title track is fantastic, Ozzy. Some of the others, well, so tired's never going to be my favorite but i feel like as we've spoken with our buddy deal from deflet pod before pop music is pop music in britain and pop music whatever the top 40 is that's always what everyone's listening you aren't necessarily just in the metal category right so sharon's trying to promote ozzy as a singer as a crooner other things that he can do billy idol is doing slow songs love songs but he's this testosterone drenched rock star as we learned on our last show so Maybe she figured, hey, Ozzy can do the same thing. I don't know. I do know that Ozzy would go on to continued success despite his natural proclivity to get really loaded and do outrageous things that can get him arrested and a lot of bad press. But Ozzy is a legend. Jake seems like the one who came out of this not as big as he should have been, especially after Ultimate Sin, after which they eventually kind of let him go because he did demand and get some royalties for Ultimate Sin. It was like, oh, now you're getting paid? Yeah, now we got to get rid of you, bring in somebody else who will just do it for whatever we pay them. And that's Sharon. You don't want to miss with Sharon. Sharon is in charge. But it's been a long time since Ozzy was any good live. And my hope is he doesn't play again ever, to be honest with you. Because he'll just disappoint fans. He'll just disappoint himself. And Sharon will just make a bunch of money off of him. I don't hold this up as high as the Randy Rhodes records. But I think this is a good one. Great in his catalog. And continue to kind of build that foundation for him to be a huge solo artist outside of Black Sabbath. So we want to know, folks, did we get something right? Did we get something wrong? Did we miss the point? Did we leave out your favorite part? You have to let us know. You can email us. It's UglyAmericanWerewolf at gmail.com. You can also tweet or DM us at Ugly underscore Werewolf or at ActionJack72. Let us know the bands, the albums, the concerts, the books, the DVDs, the rock properties you want to hear us talk about here on the show. You can follow us, Instagram, X, formerly known as Twitter, Threads. We're on Threads and X quite a bit. We've got a YouTube channel where you can listen to the show. We also occasionally put up videos from when we get to go see live concerts from time to time. And just make sure and subscribe and download wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Good Pods has been really good to us. Wherever it is, it doesn't really matter. Just please subscribe so you don't miss the next show. And if you're thinking about it, guys, Give us a positive review. It just helps us grow the show. It helps us find more rock and roll fans like you and build our community. The Thanksgiving holidays are coming up, but we've got some fun stuff on the horizon. An interview, maybe two, that we think you'll like. And of course, 
First Concert Memories, which comes out around the first of every month, will be coming up the December edition. FCM number five will be coming out soon with a dear friend of us talking about some folks that we really love. And make sure that you visit rarevinyl.com, guys. They've got a lot of Aussie stuff. They've got stuff from Europe, stuff from England, picture discs, all sorts of weird stuff. Go to rarevinyl.com, use that code UGLY, and save yourself 10%. So until next time, to all you rockers all around the world, be cool and keep doing what you do to keep rock alive. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shot? Would they shot? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.